presented by BP. Good morning. I'm Playbook co-author Rachel Bade. It's Friday, September 29th. Big scoop in the Washington Post overnight. Hardline conservatives are eyeing House Majority Whip Tom Emmer to replace Kevin McCarthy as Speaker. And they're apparently discussing a motion to vacate as soon as next week. Could this be an empty threat? Maybe, but we wouldn't bet on that. Tom Emmer, who is he? He's the House's number three Republican and a top ally of McCarthy. He's also been the person who's been in the room with conservatives trying to haggle out spending agreements and other key legislation throughout the year. He actually has a pretty good relationship with some of those conservatives who frankly hate McCarthy, people like Andy Biggs and Matt Gates. This is big news because Emmer actually has a real shot at winning the speaker's gavel. He's not some pie-in-the-sky dream for conservatives like a Jim Jordan, which probably wouldn't fly with a lot of members of the conference, but Emmer is well-liked by moderate Republicans, traditional Republicans, as well as conservative Republicans, apparently. And speaking of a motion to vacate, today's Playbook Top goes deep on McCarthy's relationship with Matt Gates, asking the question, what does Matt Gates really want? Gates has been railing against continuing resolutions, saying they're bad for the government. He's been talking about how they need to bring back regular order and pass all 12 appropriations bills one at a time. But those who know Gates the most say his grievances aren't about policy or even process, at least not mostly. As one Gates ally told me, quote, he wants Kevin. That's it. And everything else revolves around that. Gates obviously did not want to back McCarthy for speaker way back in January. And he only did so because of a pressure campaign from the outside and Donald Trump saying that he needed to vote present to give McCarthy a shot. But even though he voted present eventually, he was setting McCarthy up to fail with a number of asks. These are concessions that McCarthy gave conservatives, but that he knew at the time he would have a really hard time following through on. Now, those unkept promises are starting to pile up for McCarthy, and conservatives are not happy. Now, McCarthy has tried to tell people that Gates is only mad at him because of a House Ethics Committee probe into sexual misconduct and drug use. But for those of us who've covered Gates and McCarthy, we know that this tense relationship goes back way before this House Ethics Committee probe. There's actually a history here. The two men have not liked each other for a long time. I've talked to people both in House leadership and in the Trump White House who say that back during the Trump years, both men would sort of spar over trying to influence the president. I do think it's worth noting that while Gates has been railing against continuing resolutions, I was looking this up just yesterday, but it looks like he actually voted for a number of continuing resolutions when Republicans were in the majority last time around. Again, that raises the question about whether this is all about process and policy or is it about McCarthy himself. As for the rest of your schedule today, the House is going to finally be voting on its partisan GOP continuing resolution, though it looks like they don't have the votes to actually pass it. And that sets us up for a shutdown that's going to start the day after tomorrow. Get ready. President Biden will deliver a speech at the Armed Forces Farewell Tribute in honor of General Mark Milley, and he'll participate in an Armed Forces Hail in honor of General Charles Q. Brown Jr., For a longer Friday listen, check out this week's episode of Playbook Deep Dive. Ryan Lizza, my colleague, sat down for an extended and really interesting interview with Congresswoman Debbie Dingell. She's the House's key player when it comes to the UAW strike. In my lifetime, this is the most important contract negotiation I will have witnessed because it is about the future of this industry. This contract, these three contracts will decide 
the competitiveness in the future of these industries and the workers' role in them and the recognition of the importance and the backbone that they are to both this industry but to this country. After that, then we can move into the candidates uh, and the presidential elections. Listen to the whole episode to get her insider take on the auto industry, Michigan politics, presidential involvement in the strike, and more. I'm Rachel Bade. Thanks for listening. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. Those are just two of the ways BP is investing in America. See more at bp.com slash investing in America.